Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. It's Didier Drogba. And now get it in the middle of the top again. Mix it on the middle. Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on the middle. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. Drop it in the center. The boy just came to the the Bleak as this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. You're joined by me, your host, Dave Babs, and I'm joined by a lovely cast today. You know, to my left, I've got Meads. Meads, how you doing? What's going on? Can't complain. Man. Good to hear. Good to hear. And to my right, I've got Freeman. Freeman, how you doing? I'm doing amazing, man. I'm doing absolutely amazing. I only came to show my respect. I only came to pay homage. That's that's why I'm here. Because I've never in the history of football seen anybody get everything that they wanted in one transfer season like, like you've done, Bob. So well done. <laughs> I've never seen it done. Tushu never got this many signings over the line. I don't know how you did it. I've come to take notes. I want to know who your pastor was. I want to know what direction you faced your your prayer mat. I need I need the details because I've never seen it done before, and that's why yeah, I'm, on. I'm here to find out. For sure, for yeah, sure, for sure. And, and you know what? And you know, ju- just for that, I get. I guess I think it only makes sense to start off with the transfers. You know, obviously, um, it's February now. The transfer window is shut. There was a massive saga. You know, the the one ends with Fernandez. We did get the signing over the line in the end. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna come over to you first. First of all, me. So, what are your thoughts on the signing in, in, in particular? Before we go into the into, into the wider transfer transfer market that we had. Um. Well, it's like for me, I think Enzo. He looks like a a, a pretty good player. I wouldn't say like I find it for me, and I'm, I'm gonna be real. Like I said this with Pogba. I say this with any midfielder. I think the only one that I say is value for money, and I knew he'd be value for money is Kevin De Bruyne, but. 
I feel like with CMs, it's very, very difficult for them to really, really match the the high fees that are attached to them. It's very difficult because they're not really going to be coming up with the goals like that. They're not really going to be the super match winners. Um, and a lot of their work really will be kind of ignored, especially when you're not that kind of goal scorer, super creator type of a midfielder. So it's very difficult to really be judged um, accordingly. Um, but he does look a good player. It's kind of kind of emblematic of, you know, when we signed Jorginho um, for 60 million under Sari. It's just like, again, people are saying, oh, I don't know, it's going to be worth the money. I don't... It's difficult to really gauge. Um, so looks a good player, had a good World Cup, obviously super young at 22, hasn't played that much for Benfica. Um, but he looks like a good prospect, man. Um, he looks like a good prospect. I think it's um, it was a statement of a t- intent more than you know buying this. I think like Chelsea have their valuation of the players. I think uh, Enzo Fernandez was we we overpaid massively, but we saw it as an opportunity to get a player of his caliber and his potential quality in enabled us to amortize it over uh, a lengthy contract. Um, and just get it done now rather than wait until the summer where apparently there'd be way more competition. So I understand the rationale. Um, it's a, for me, it's just a wait and see situation because I've not watched enough of him to really get excited about it. It's the same with Mudrick. Remember, I wasn't over the moon with the signing um, because I, I didn't really know enough about him. And I'm not the type of person to really wax lyrical over small compilations. I need to really see it in, in games and really feel the player. So... Yeah, that's all I can say about Enzo, to be honest. Um, looks a good player, though, for sure. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. And later on to the podcast, you know, for the guys, we're definitely gonna, I'm definitely going to do a quick scout report on him just to break down my opinion on the player, you know, strengths and weaknesses and how I think he can fit into the team. But um, speaking on, on transfers, you know, wider, you know, obviously this window has been massive. You know, the, the signing of Enzo Fernandez, Mikhailo Mudrik, Benoit Badia-Shiel, David Dachofafana, Andre Santos, Noni Madueke, Malo Gusto, who we also signed and sent back out on loan. Um, also the loan of Jao Felix. We have signed so many players, you know, in, in this window that to action um, various holes in the squads, you know, to also upgrade the squad in various places. I'm going to come over to you, to you Freeman. So what signing are you most excited for to see their impact on Chelsea? First of all, I, I don't know why you're saying we, bro. You need to be taking taking more more credit, bro. It was you, bro. Your your work that you did, yeah. The sky reports that you was that you was putting up, yeah. If you went on private, I'm almost certain. Uh, uh, I don't know who it was. If it was Joe Shields or if it was um some of the new guys, yeah. If you put your 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 account on private, they'd be grabbing for transfers, man. You need to you need to you need to start taking credit for somebody somebody silence, man. It's getting crazy. Um. I'm not, I'm personally I'm excited for all of them personally. I'm excited for especially the ones that we stole from um Arsenal. Those are the ones that I'm most excited for because I want them to do well. And I want us to laugh and um and to enjoy just you know their overperformance and you know Arsenal fans tears because you know that's going to be amazing. But obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for I'm excited for all of them. I'm especially excited just just because like you can see that there's a there's a plan. That's what I'm excited for. Because maybe it didn't all hit the ground running, right? But you can see just from the ages of the players that we've that we've signed that there's a, a long term plan. And it's like, okay, so maybe this season 
it's not going to be perfect. But if you give these players time to grow, and if they can, you know, if they stay focused and they have the right attitude and they reach their potential, then then we can have something special, man. So obviously, I'm very excited, uh, and and I just want to. I can't wait to see what we get. What we get to, man. Like obviously, a lot of these players aren't my players. I didn't. I didn't personally say you know we should get a Fofana or we should get. Um, uh, uh, Modric or any of these players, bro. These are all your. These are all your guys, bro. These are literally all your guys. I, I, I swear, not all. Let's say because it's four of them, right? You scouted. Let, let's just get it on record. You scouted um, Badiashil, yeah. Malo Gusto was your guy. Fernat, uh Enzo was your guy, and uh, who? I, and obviously Andre Santos was your guy. Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I giving you your your props? Yeah, that, that's that's the full list. Hey man, I, I let I let you keep spitting, man. But you know, hey, listen, those, those are some of the checking. guys I wanted. Yeah, the, yeah, those, 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 those those were guys you know, in particular that I, I wanted for Chelsea. And I've wanted for quite a while, so I know it, it definitely does feel good to get players into club that you're a big fan of. That makes I sense. have never seen, never, not even Tushu got this many guys. Tushu didn't, mm. in not in not in a single window did Tushu get this many guys. This has never happened before. I've I've never like this team cannot flop. Yeah, like honestly, this team cannot flop. Because these are all your guys. You will be personally held to blame if this team does not bang. <laughs> this team yeah. has to bang. I, I personally believe it will because I've, I've looked at some of the talents. I've been watching your scouting reports. I've been seeing some of the, the links you've been posting. I've been watching. And I believe I, be, I believe in the talent. I'm sold. Because I remember as well when, when, you, um, when you came through with the scouting report on... Um, uh, City, the City striker who also showed up at the World Cup playing with Enzo. What's his name? Uh, Alvarez. Alvarez. And honestly, compilations are one of them ones where it's like, if you watch compilation, you don't really know much about a player. But that compilation was special. And I was like, okay, okay, this is a serious, this is a, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm usually, I'm not sold by one compilation. I was sold on that compilation and I knew that, okay, okay, maybe, maybe Babs, well, maybe Babs' scouting reports are serious. Start paying a bit more attention, and and obviously I'm not the only one because you literally got everyone you wanted. So someone else is paying attention, and I don't know who it was. Maybe it wasn't Joe Shields. Maybe it wasn't uh, any of the new guys they signed. Maybe it was God Himself, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I need to. You need to. You need to like start asking for more things, man. You need to put, stop publishing your Christmas list because who knows, man? Someone's listening to you for sure. <laughs> hey man, you, you know how they, they talk about Sierra's prayer, man. I'm though I'm gonna I'm gonna have to drop my prayer very 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 soon. Please, <laughs> so do, gonna, please do. <laughs> so I'm gonna come over to you, Meads. Um, who, who have you been? Who are you most excited to um to see play in the Chelsea shirt? And also, since a couple of players have um, played so far, who have you been most impressed by so far? Um, who I'm most excited about? To be honest, I, I like the look of Santos a lot. Um. He looks like a very good player. Like I think he, he seems wise beyond his years. He seems like he's got a bit of everything as well. Um, technical ability, tenacity, high energy, um, strong for an 18-year-old as well. Um, so yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Like, um, I think in terms of the signs that we've actually had so far, obviously only Badiashil and Mudrik and Felix have played so far. Um, I think Badi Shield for me has been super impressive. Like incredibly impressive. Obviously, Felix has improved like I think the flow of our attack, but it was only for like what 60 minutes. So it's very difficult for me to really give it to him in terms of impressions. Mudrik obviously had a fantastic debut, um, 25 minutes. 
Um, but yeah, Valley Shield for me has sorted in perfectly. Um, him, he looks like he's learning from Thiago Silva every game, and his composure, strength, speed, and his ability on the ball is insane. So having him and Levi Colwell for the future is, especially and Fofana as well. Where's Fofana? Who seems like a distant memory. Um, but having those three guys as our CV options. In the, in the coming future, as well as Thiago Silva, is honestly a complete matic. Um, so, yeah, that, that, those are the, the ones that have excited or those are the ones, well, Baddy Shields are the ones that have excited me the most and impressed me the most. Um, but, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see all of these guys cook together, you know. Um, there's a lot of changes afoot, man. So I think a lot of the guys that, you know, a lot of the Chelsea fans that were batting for for quite some time. They're gonna become old news, you know. Um, like you have to look at the the squad in its entirety. There's gonna be a lot of changes, and apparently Chelsea aren't done. Like the summer's gonna be a bit mad as well. So I don't know. It's it's mad. It's actually mad. Like 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 Free said, we've never seen a situation like this ever. Like I've never seen a transfer this clinical before. Uh, I've never seen a January transfer window this clinical before. Let alone a summer one. It's very difficult to even recall one this clinical. Maybe Real Madrid when they bought Kaká, um, I think Ronaldo Kaká in in the same season. Like, I, but even then, that was only them two. It's mad. It's it's mad. I, I really can't even put into words how crazy it was. Like, seven, eight new signings. Obviously, Gusto comes in the summer, um, and, and then Kunku as well. It's just it's wild. I'm just thinking about it. It's actually wild. I forgot all about him, Cuckoo, man. I forgot all it's about wild, him. bro. It's wild. It's wild. If you think about it, it's actually insane. What what these guys have done. For sure, for sure, for sure. And as you just said there, it's so easy to forget the players that you've really got, you know, in coming into the squad. And Cuckoo is also coming back in, you know, in, in the summer. So there's definitely going to be a lot of players to actually be able to, you know, review. And we actually actually hope that the ownership uh, and management as a whole are able to properly you know, look over and manage the squad pr- properly because you don't want to have a situation whereby you've got loads of players within the squad and then everybody's like, upset, you know, because some players aren't playing, you know, other players are, are being treated unfairly. So I think there's definitely going to be a hope that that, that kind of stuff is, is definitely left them tended to. So uh, also going on, you know, when we talk about transfers, um, a one Italian um, centre mid, you know, it was, it was probably one of the most polarising you know, players, you know, in, in Chelsea history, in Chelsea modern day history from, from my memory anyway, so far, um, a one Jorginho Freo, you know, he's left the club. He's gone over to the to the um, north side of London to Arsenal in an 11 million pound transfer. I'm going to come over to you, Freeman, and get your thoughts on this. You know, obviously, you know, with six months left on his contract, I just want to get your thoughts on understanding. Do, do you understand the rationale, and, and, and where are you at? You know, in, in terms of the, their choice to sell him, because when you look at it, the, at the time that we did sell him, we had, we hadn't actually got Enzo over the line, so there was also the risk there that you, you sell him and you potentially don't actually have another um, senior centre mid to potentially come in. So, what what are your thoughts on the signing anyway? In, in totality, I mean. I I, I kind of like we kind of discussed it before that we kind of knew that there's a possibility of him leaving, and I wasn't really fast about him leaving at all, to be honest. But um, in January, I was surprised, and I think it just showed their confidence in the in the Enzo deal that they were willing to just let Jorginho go completely in January before they'd even got it over the line. 
But um, yeah, man, I, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense for everyone. Like like Potter said, man, it's a win, 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 win. Because Jorginho gets the money that he wants, even though the contract doesn't seem that long. What is it? One and a half plus one. All right, whatever. If he if he if he wants that, but I don't know what. Obviously, he must be getting the bag. He gets to play for the for the league leaders and maybe, you know win an easy tra- a tap in trophy. So that's you know good for him. Uh, it makes sense for us because you know like he's thirty one. He is not getting any better. That's for sure. And I personally haven't really haven't really rated him that highly uh, since Napoli days when he came here. He he was kind of um, polarizing because he was. He was all right, like he was. He was. He was all right, and a lot of people kind of took him to be like a superstar midfielder, like a Pirlo or even like a Xabi Alonso. And it's like he wasn't. Like, yeah, he was all right. Like he was all right. He was. He was okay. He wasn't like he was. He wasn't. He wasn't that great. But um, that's. I guess that's what happens. Right? Is when somebody is seen as super a super player, other play other people will look at that player and be like, "Is do I really see a superstar?" And if they don't. And you're gonna get then there's gonna be a polarizing there's gonna be a polarizing atmosphere like nobody there's no polarizing atmosphere around KDB because nobody looks at KDB and goes now nah, that's a fraud nobody there's no polarizing atmosphere around like Kane because nobody looks at Kane and goes now nah, that guy's not really it people know who who he is he's he's who he is and Georgina there's a polarizing atmosphere because some people think he's absolutely garbage and some people think oh he's literally one of the greatest sentiment or DMs of all time. And the truth is, you know, so is someone in the middle. So do I think Arsenal made a good sign-in? Um, it's a very Arsenal sign-in, I'll say, you know. They've got a a, a, a criminal playing in their centre midfield. So mm. obviously a criminal out on, or rumoured to be out on bail, let's say. So it makes sense from a business perspective. You get a player in who can play at that level in case, you know, your criminal who is on bail goes to prison. And it makes sense because you know they don't really, they can't really afford to drop to drop the levels. But is he, is he the player that they they want? No. Is he the player that they? Is he the hero that they that they want? Not particularly. But he might be the hero that they need, man. He might be the one to step uh, in. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. When uh, when the criminal goes to prison, man, or if the criminal goes to prison, or if they get an injury, he can step in and and the level doesn't drop, and they're good. Mm, mm, fair enough, and, and, and honestly, you me. So, what what are your thoughts on the transfer? I, I know you had a lot more. I I, I guess you are a, a lot stronger in, in your opinion in, in, on the transfer than free room anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an excellent signing from Arsenal. I can't lie to you. Um, it's definitely Chelsea's loss and um, Arsenal's gain. Obviously, I think one thing with Jorginho, if you put him in a in a a well structured team, he will thrive massively and he'll make the team better. Um, where you've got situations, moments, phases in games where you are lacking a bit of control, lacking dictation in play, and I think at times Arsenal this season have rode their luck a bit um, in their wins, um, in their capacity to control attacks, in their capacity to control um, opposition teams. I think... They've lacked that sort of stability. I think uh, what's his name? Partey has done uh, a good job. Him and Zaka have done a, a relatively good job in terms of building the attacks. But I do think that they do come under a lot of pressure at times in moments in games. And obviously, it's difficult to control the game from start to finish. Um, but I think Jorginho would be a big part in adding to the uh, element and level of control that 
it can get. Um, obviously, there's always question marks and talks about his lack of mobility um, and physicality. But if you look at his statistics and look at the amount of work that he mashes, his interceptions, tackles, um, general ball winning skills, um, kilometers covered, Jorginho mashes work. Um, far more than again, if if you look at, if you compare if you compare the stats to again the criminal, um, he he's by far superior in most elements other than dribbling. Um, so yeah, massive massive loss to us in my opinion. Um, I personally wouldn't have sold him. I would have kept him until um, his contract was up, um, and then he could have gone and been on his way. Obviously, because I wanted Arsenal to suffer, of course. Um, but yeah, man, it's fair enough. He's he's gone now. Um, he was a very polarizing character. I said that at, um, before we went live. Very polarizing player, not even character, because I think everyone could attest and see that he's a very very good person. He just seemed like a very lovely guy. Um, always smiling, always positive, despite the criticisms and the boos and the, the negativity that he's had to face during his four and a half years at Chelsea. Um, so I wish him the best, man. I wish him the best. Obviously, he left the club on good terms. Um, there's talks that he wants to come back to Chelsea um, when his playing career is done. Um, and I, I welcome it because he definitely seems like a great guy. Um, but yeah, at least that's one debate that I guess... Well, well, it's now been put to put put to bed. Um, now he's no longer in the blue of Chelsea and he's in the red of Arsenal. Very, very well put. And um, yeah, um, I guess you can definitely sum up his um, tenure at Chelsea as, as polarizing. And yeah, I mean, he's won he's won quite a bit with the club. You know, he's been quite um, pivotal in helping us win quite a few trophies. I'd say in total, the totality, his stay at the club has definitely been a positive. I definitely find it a bit weird the way some Chelsea fans have reacted to the, to the, to the sale because normally for me anyway, when a player is sold, I'm not happy about it unless I think they're a terrible player, you know, like a Werner, for instance, you know, or they're just a terrible character, you know, as a person mm-hmm. and they're just not genuinely, they're just genuinely like dislikable. But there's one thing you can say about Jorginho is he's never really been that, that kind of character where, you know, and dislike him. You know, whenever, whenever we have new signings, he's always, you know, spoken of within high regard of it in terms of his character. You know, he's always seeming positive around the, the guys in, in in the dressing room and in the behind the scenes. So, I think it would definitely be a, a character that that would be missed um, behind the scenes at Chelsea. But I guess with this new um, tenure, you know, this new rebuild at, at the club, I guess it's now to see what's going to happen next. So, yeah, um, moving on in terms of transfers. Are there any areas in your in your opinion means that you feel like have been left untended for? Despite just how many transfers we've we've, we've we have. Uh, I mean, for me, not really. I think it really depends on how we get on with um, Santos and Enzo. Like you know me anyway. Like even under Tuchel, I was quite content with our midfield. Um, I've, I've kind of said for quite some time I'm not really clamouring around the midfielders um, and the, the, the desperation for a midfielder like the rest of our fan base was. Um, but they seem to have got their wish and we've had a midfield shake-up now. Um, but defensively, I think we're well-stocked, both left-back right-back. I think we're, we're pretty comfortable now, especially Gosto is going to be coming in in the summer. 
Attack has all changed. I think we've got way too many attackers, and I've, I've been saying this for quite some time. We've got way too many players in general. Um, so I don't think we can really talk and complain about the lack of attacking players. I think we've added quite well, quite heavily in that regard. Um, obviously, people are going to be talking about centre-forward. I think there were some talks and rumours and murmurs about Vlahovic. Um but again, the striker market is quite difficult to navigate now because it seems like everyone's worth £100 million. Um, but yeah, we're going to have to wait and see. I feel obviously Fofana, obviously him coming in, he's still a young man, 20 years old. Um, it's interesting to see if he actually plays a part in the run-up to the end of the season. Um, it seems like Kai Havertz has got the trust and the belief and faith of Graham Potter and the board. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I, I can't really see where we're lacking, if I'm being completely honest. Um, could probably make a case for centre forward, but for me, I'm quite content with Kai Havertz being there. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy for I'm happy as it is, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's all I can really say. I'm definitely fan. I definitely agree. Oh, okay, freemium. <coughs> nah, man. I've always got something to complain about, man. You know I me. Mean? <coughs> Goalkeeper, man. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Oh, okay. Freeman, Freeman, come on, come on now, come on now, come on now, Freeman. You know, you, you, you put our, we put our Christmas list. You know, we, we asked our mom for 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 PS5 and Xbox, but we you, didn't get man, the, you the don't Switch. Bring me into this, bro. We didn't you get the, the Switch. So list. you mean we got we got to be patient? You know, we, we we're not gonna get everything we want to get within one window. You know, come on, it's January. It's 30 days. Listen, listen. If you all these guys, a goalkeeper on, your, on the list, we might have got one. This is your fault. <laughs> we got Selena, don't forget. We got Selena. Oh, yeah, we did get a goalkeeper. But yeah, all right, yeah, that's Apparently the point. He's a top did... talent. Apparently that's, what talent so... I, 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 that's, that's what they say. That's what they say, man. I, I don't that's know about you, Mies, but I don't know if you remember the, the last goalkeeper that we contended with Real Madrid for. He was supposed to be a, a young top talent. But... Yeah, Kepa. Yeah. Wait, let's let's just but, hope that but, it doesn't go in that same fashion. Yeah, I, do you know what? Even with Selena, though, like if things were to get really bad, then you just chuck him in, in it, and like ultimately, it might be bad, like, it might be poor, and then we go again in the summer. I don't really think there's any standout keepers that I'm been watching and looking at, thinking, yeah, absolutely need to get him. Um, obviously, Diogo Costa looked looked the part. But his showing at the World Cup definitely left me um, a little bit unsure of his quality. Um, so yeah, man, it's it's a weird one. The, the goalkeeper market it's, it's very very weird. Obviously, I don't. I'm I'm all for giving Edward Mendy some time to recover form. Um, but you know, Kepa, you know, uh, he's reverted to type. Unsure, uh, unsurprisingly, he's done well. To be fair to him. He has done well by his standards um, in the well in the in the time that he's played on the Potter, but still, I I am not one to be fooled by him. But any the bar is so low for calculation. Exactly, it's terribly low, terribly low. So I'm not I'm not I'm not buying it like others are. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um... I guess that's definitely a good place there. Um, also, in terms of transfers, Conor Gallagher, another polarizing mm. player within the fan base. I just want to start off with, with this route on, on, on Gallagher, right? 
I, I really don't like the way some fans have been have been treating them. You know, like, I, I've, it's I've been, been not not just that. I mean, there's there's this weird name that's been going around with him. And I, I'm not going to repeat on the pod, but you you, you that have, you you guilty parties that have been using that name to to describe him, you know who you are. And for, for me, is 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 disgusting. But yeah, you know, Gallegos. But we will talk about it in the group chat. I don't want to say it on the pod, but hey, it's it's not nice. Please, and personally, I don't like it. But but Misa, what 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 are your thoughts on Gallagher staying? Obviously, with the Newcastle links, and then obviously the um, bid from Everton being rejected. I mean, for me, I I don't know what they've been calling Gallagher, but I'm I'm content. I don't have a problem with Gallagher staying. Um, I don't think he's a bad player. I do think that he needs a lot of work ultimately. And it's like I said on the pod a couple of weeks ago, Gallagher is a type of player that will need a plethora of games and a run in a team to really get to, up to speed with what's required to play at this level. Um, I think he's a determined player that will definitely work his arse off to actually make it work. But um, I just I don't know if he's going to get the necessary game time to actually develop into the player that I think he can be. I think probably what's best for him and his career is to get away from the toxicity at Chelsea. I think Chelsea is a very toxic place for players, generally. Whether you're young, whether you're uh, a foreign player that's signed, whether, yeah, whether you're an academy player, I think it's very, very difficult to really be able to be given a, a, um, a warm embrace. You know, I think the only players that get some sort of leeway at Chelsea are white, foreign strikers that honestly don't score enough. I think it's mad. I think it's an absolute madness that a striker whose job is to score goals gets so much leeway at Chelsea every single time. Every single time. And it, I think it's insane. So Connor is unfortunate because, yeah, he is white and English, but he's a midfielder. And I think I think he he gets the brunt of a lot of abuse. And don't get me wrong, he has a, a lot of lapses in technical quality, but I think it's also too much of an urgency for him to try and prove that he's a Chelsea player. I think there's games where he's tried to keep it simple, and when he's kept it simple and done what does what he does in terms of ball recoveries, getting us up the pitch. He, he shows his quality and he shows that he could potentially be that Angola replacement. But like I said, he needs a lot of work. He needs a lot of game time. Um, and I think people need to be patient with him. He's only 22. And I, I feel like there's this clamour and just there's that desperation to get him up out of here. Um, and I think it's mad. He's not really been given a, a fair opportunity and chance to really make that distinctive decision to just get rid. He's not good enough. I don't think that's fair. Um, but there's other players that we could probably get onto that have had a massive platform, a stable platform, consistent game time, and they're still here. Name but names, here man. Name names. I don't need to name nobody. I don't need to, everyone knows who I'm talking about. But I don't. I need don't. To name names. I don't. I'm confused. I, I don't need to name about? names. I, 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 another English midfielder. Um, you, you know, you know what it is. You know what it is. But yeah, platform. Pla- 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 your voice. Off the street. Pla- 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 Platforms are platforms are um, difficult to come by, and people that have had the platforms and getting all excuses thrown under the sun. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to hear any talk about Connor, who's barely played twelve or fifteen games for us. I, I don't want to hear it. You feel me? 
And coming on to the other end of the polarizing um, opinions on Conor Gallagher, freemium. You know, your 40 million, you, the 40 million you've been eyeing up since the summer. I was eyeing just, just, how, how many? How many? How disappointed are you? I, I, I was furious, man. I was eyeing 30. I said, as soon as I saw 40, I was like, 40? Oh my goodness, man. Literally, listen, listen, Sean Dyche, yeah, coming in for 40 million for Conor Gallagher. He, he is, he's gone up in my estimation. I didn't know his talent ID was that acute, man. Like, that's just, what a brilliant eye for business. He saw a bargain and was like, you know what? 40 million, he's exactly what we need. He can save our season. He can keep us above relegation. And he's right. And you know what the sad thing is? We'll never know. We'll never know what could have been with a 40 million pound just being given the keys to save Everton's season under the greatest Sean. Right underneath... Right above Big Sean, Sean Dyche. That could have been, who knows? That could have been special, man. And Connor could have been become a cult hero uh, uh, over over in Liverpool. But we'll, we'll never know. We'll never get to to find I out. And that lie. 40 million, man, who knows what we could have bought. We could have bought... I, I personally can't lie. I think that, I think, I think Connor Gallagher would have been great for everything. I think he would have been exactly. great for Newcastle too. I think he would have been great for any of these teams. I just, again, if he would have been bought for a lot of money... And there would have been a stability and expectation that he's going to play consistently. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like at Chelsea, he's never going to be given at all. I'm not going to say never, um, but he's just not going to get that stability and that platform to really play and develop. I'm at gonna Newcastle, say at Everton, he gets that. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? At Newcastle, at Everton, he gets that. Um, and Newcastle would have been a great move for him, in my opinion. Like the trajectory that they're on, um, he could have been part of their new generation, the new. Um, squad development, you know what I mean? I just we'll see, man. We'll see. Obviously, I think he potentially will probably he might be moved on in the summer. Um, as Chelsea look to reclaim and recuperate a lot of the money that is spent this summer. I mean, this, if um, another 40 million, look at me in, he's summer. definitely gone. If you another 40 so? million comes in, he's absolutely gone. Just because I, mean, just, I don't see why his value will go down though. Why would it? Because he will no. play. I think that's that's my worry is that he will play and his value will go down. <laughs> From him playing, because I don't feel like we're playing him uh, as high up the pitch as he would like to be played. Like he was, mm. he was doing his best work for for Palace high up the pitch, man. Like way up the pitch, he was never involved in the first phase. They weren't get asking him to take the ball off centre backs, and he was he was killing it. He was pressing. He was being a nuisance. He was kicking them. All the, all the defenders hated him, and he was winning the ball back high, and he was linking up well with the attack. And I feel like that's where he should be played. And for us. He can only ever really be a, a stopgap player. So, okay, someone's injured. We need someone to cover in midfield. Fine, we'll get Gallagher. But he's not very good in the first in the first phase. He's he's really not that great in the second phase either. So it's like for a, for Chelsea level, he he just sticks out like a sore thumb. And running around and kicking people can only can only get you so far in in, in Chelsea blue. But in like Everton blue, that's that's all you need, man. The fans will love that. The fans will be all over. What he's just getting yellow cards. Love it. We love that. That's what we're about over here. So I don't like. I feel like him playing is probably going to lower his value because if there is like a big, uh, let's say, especially like someone was, I saw suggested that our starting midfield duo tomorrow could be Gallagher Hall. And let's just say, if that, I don't, I don't want to, I don't even want to imagine it. But let's just for a moment. Picture the scene when it's got if it would if it would be Gallagher Hall. 
there is no winners coming out of that situation because Hall is going to get benefit of that because when he when he plays in midfield, he you know he's eighteen. No one's expecting him to be to be the maestro. It's his first season of top flight football. No one's expecting him to be the maestro. So people are going to expect Conor Gallagher to do things that you know we're used to seeing Kovacic and Jorginho and all of our senior midfielders do, and he does not do. He cannot do that. He's not capable of that. So. The reason why I think we should have taken the money and ran is because he's never we're never going to get the Palace version of Gallagher at Chelsea unless for some reason Mountain decides to stop running from the grind and start playing in centre midfield like everyone swears that's his position. Oh, he's a midfielder. He's a midfielder. Okay, play in midfield. Why is Hall playing in midfield? Hall can easily play in, play in the attack, but no. We're not we're having Mount playing in attack and we're having all these other midfielders who do not have the experience necessary to really just, just the timing of of what it takes, you know, how how much time you have on the ball in a Premier League match, and how how like how close you are to being having the ball taken away from you. These players don't have those that kind of timing. Gallagher is always at risk of losing the ball in the center of the park. Hall, we've seen just always, just not always, but we've seen, especially last game, under serious pressure and and running into trouble in the center of the park. We need. You do need to have some more your more senior players, just your more experienced players, in the center of the park. So just they're a bit, a bit more calm, a bit more aware of the danger, a bit more aware of the timings that's needed, necessary the the areas of space where they can find space where they can escape. And uh, we we don't have that in Gallagher. And Gallagher's not going to be able to. You, you can't have Gallagher run from the grind like Mount does and have Gallagher and Mount in the attack. Even though we've seen it, it's not a good look there because yeah. it's just not a good look. You can't have two. Uh, energy energy monsters that run around and press and and don't actually deliver much outside of long shots. So we're not there's no we, we don't really have the opportunity to to for him to grow. And I am of the belief that once you're of a certain standard, if you're force fed games at a top level, you will become a decent player. Like if someone gives you thirty games to any of these Cobb graduates and say, listen, you're going to get a stable thirty games in this position. We're not going to take you out even if you stink. You're going to play every game. You're going to play every minute. And if you don't, all you have to do is look at me angry and then you'll, I'll play you again. All of these players will come out of that and they'll they'll be decent enough football players. But not every, not all of them can have that type of experience because this is Chelsea Football Club. We're not a, a development team. We're a team that, that wants to win. So either we're winning or we're developing youngsters. You're not. It's difficult to do both. And I personally don't see a talent in Gallagher worth us playing him 30 games whether, whether uh, he stinks or not and uh, so that's what I feel like the 40 million we should have taken it if it comes again in the if if a 40 million comes in the summer we should take it if 35 comes we should take it if 30 comes we should take it still fair enough fair <laughs> enough and I'm talking about another polarizing English young midfielder uh, Mason Mount his contract talks have um, come to quite a halt in stock we haven't really heard much about it um, and it does seem as though they're waiting until the summer potentially um, to, to do that. So I'm going to give my thoughts on, on, on it. First of all, I go over to you. But uh, I think we had a discussion in the in the, in the Chelsea um, WhatsApp chat, and, and my my thought was, with this new ownership, I, I don't think they particularly want to run the kind of risk of having a player going into a season one year remaining. So if that potential does happen within the summer, and Mount, you know, tries any funny business, you know, and he's not happy with the contract length. That's been reported or whatever. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sold, you know, w- within the summer to um, potentially balance the books. Yeah? And 
it may be a, a harsh one because you know it would, some some would argue this has been his by far away worst season. So to judge him based off this season, it may be a bit harsh. But others would also say that you know he's been given the platform to play. You know, no matter what, you know, as a consistent starter for Chelsea Football Club. So what what his best he's shown so far, you know, we've never really seen it. So I'm going to come over to you, Amid. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the, on the contract talks and? Where, where do you see this heading? You know, go goes this into the summer without, without him. You know, actually signing a contract. Yeah, so it, it's it's um it's a little bit sticky for Mason. Um, for me personally, I, I don't know. Like, I think he was delaying the contract talks because I think he thought that the club would be desperate to keep him, and I also think that you know he's been trying to strong arm. The best deal possible, which is completely fair enough. I think he tried to leverage his position and standing at the club to really get the best deal for himself. Um, unfortunately, I think he miscalculated massively um, because the data ultimately doesn't back up his his what his desires and claims. Um, to to suggest that you know he should be one of the highest paid players at the club is scandalous. Um, and a big miscalculation on his part. Reese James is actually one of, if not the best right back in world football. So he should be paid as such. N'Golo Kante, a, a literal legendary centre midfielder, all-timer. If you were to end football today, N'Golo Kante will go down as an all-timer, an all-time great. For what he's done at Leicester, what he's done at Chelsea, what he's done for France, he'll go down as an all-timer. You know what I'm saying? So yes, those two highest paid players at the club. Raheem Sterling, one of, Manche- one of Manchester City's highest ever goal scorers. Again, these guys have pedigree to be paid as such. Mason Mount, two-time um, two time player of the season, um, fans player of the season, obviously Champions League winner, but so is Reece James. You know what I'm trying to say? And I feel like what Mason has given us um, is good. Don't get me wrong. He's had a, I think he's had a good what's it, three seasons, three or four seasons, um, good in terms of for his own personal development, in terms of playing all the time, um, but in terms of output in performances, output statistically, um, and honestly, his standing in the squad and club, I don't think it's really been good. I don't think it's been a good thing. I think he's also been a quite a divisive um, It's been good when he's been on corners. Yeah, I mean, look, that set piece, like, look, I don't want to get onto the whole assisting, creating, because I've never seen that as a creator. I've always seen him as a guy that wants to get into the box to score. Um, I had some hope and belief that he could be a good number eight and a tactically disciplined number eight, but I think for me personally, I don't think he's got the capacity because he doesn't have the desire to do the work to be a midfielder. Um and I think he kind of plays for himself. He's another one of those players that kind of, you know, give the ball to get it back to then do something, to, to then try and score and shoot. You know what I mean? And I, I just don't see how he fits into our best 11. Like, I, don't, I think he's miles off our best 11. And if this current iteration of Mason Mouth is, you know, is it, or if, even if we go back to Mason Mouth or 2019, 20. I don't see it's worthwhile. I don't see Mason Mount as an elite player. I don't see him as a top player. Um, I see him as a, a decent, good young player 
but I don't see it as anything more than that. So I don't see the hassle. I don't see it even being worth the hassle. Him not being offered a new contract, I wouldn't mind. And in fact, I'd be happy if he was sold. Um, don't get me wrong, he has his qualities. Just like all players. Just like all players, he has his qualities. He's got, he's got his faults. But I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze, On it, if I'm being completely honest. I just don't, I don't see it. And um, yeah, I, I think, you know, him hardballing, and not even hardballing, but trying to play... Um, you know, play this hand of pushing off contract talks, I think it's kind of messed him up at Chelsea, really. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we found him at Liverpool um, in the summer. I'd, I'd be surprised, man, only because I don't believe that, um, I don't believe I've been good enough to be gifted something like this from Santa, man, to be honest. I feel like my personal behaviour is going to, limit um, <laughs> the, the, the goodness that the universe has to give me. So Mount will still be here next summer. He'll still be starting. He might even be captain. Who knows? But I do feel like, I, f- I feel like, I don't f- I don't believe the stories that um, oh, he's not unhappy with the length of the contract. Cause that's nonsense. Because realistically, lengths, contract lengths are kind of standard. Either you're getting the mega extendo contract or you're getting five years. They're not going to be offering Mount a three-year extension or anything like that. They're going to be offering him a lengthy contract. And if and if they offer him the mega extendo seven year contract, he's not going to be like, nah, I want five, and they're not going to be like, now nah, we're only offering you seven. Like that's somewhere where they're going to be like, okay, if you want five, we'll give you that. If you want less, you give you that. There's, I don't think he's going to be in a position where the length of the contract is really going to be a sticking point. The only real sticking point that he can have is over um, is over the, is over his wages. And obviously, when he's looked at the players that have been signed i.e. Havertz and Werner and Ziyech, he's going to look at them and be like, well, I've outperformed them, not forgetting. like He's going to obviously, we have to take away corners, but obviously he's not going to be doing that when he goes to them. He's going to be saying, well, look, I outperformed them, so obviously I deserve more money than them. And the board are not going to be like, well, maybe some of those players were on mistake wages. Maybe some of them are overpaid and not worth what we're paying them. So why would we pay them? Why would we pay you what we paid them if we overpaid them? We're not going to overpay you just because we overpaid them. That would be called throwing good money after bad money, which is what you know mm. gambling addicts do. We're not going to be doing that, so we're going to pay you what we think you're worth. And if you disagree with how much we think you're worth, oh, then we'll just keep paying you what you what you currently get paid. And then at the, and then when your contract is near the end, we'll get you'll get sold. And that is this is this is why I'm on best behavior because that is the best possible outcome in the situation because he is not talented as much as he believes he is. He does play hero ball, like you said. We have watched too many finals where Mount, where like finals that we had, you know, the right to believe that we were on the upper foot, we could attack. And Mount has gone into those finals 100% certain that he was going to be the, the hero and he's taking lots of shots and he's kicking, booting the balls at defenders. And, and we lose those finals and we lose them regularly, regularly, regularly because Mount plays hero ball. Like you said, he thinks he's the hero and he takes lots of shots and he's really, really, really not that good at it. That he's like, there's nothing wrong with his technique. There's nothing wrong with his ability to uh, hold on to the ball. He's not. He's not a liability on the ball. But he is absolutely a liability in terms of what he wants to do when he gets the ball. Because if there's two options that he has in his head every time he gets the ball, he's either in a zone where he can cross the ball, or he's in a zone where he can shoot the ball. And if he's not in those two, he's in a zone where he can pass it to someone and move into one of those two zones. 
And that is really not a valuable... That's really not that valuable as a football player. Like, you need, you need to have more in your bag as an attacker than cross, shoot, cross, shoot. Like, that's not a really uh, attractive pro- profile of, a, of an attacker. And people say, oh, but he's a midfielder, he's playing out. That's absolutely nonsense. If he's a midfielder, there's absolutely no... Because one thing we've noticed from when um, Potter came in, from took over from Tuchel, is players... He, you, can, you can see that just from where he's playing for people, that he's listening to them. So, listen... How, how do you feel about where you play, etc., etc.? And that's what I believe anyway, because I'm looking at some of these players playing in these positions. And I was like, okay, this guy clearly is someone who said, yeah, I want to play in that position. And Mount has not been playing centre mid, like, oh, yeah, oh, this is the guy. If Hall is playing centre mid and you're playing in the attack, you are not the guy who's said, yeah, actually, you know what? I want to get back and do, and do the, the hard work of winning the ball back and progressing. That's not his game. That's not what he wants to do. He does not want to be involved in that. Clearly does not. And and if he does leave, oh man! If he does leave, man, all good things come, all good things come to those who wait. And we're gonna have we're magically <laughs> gonna find out just how good some of these strikers really are when they're around when they're around players that want to pass to them rather than get them like passing to get a one two and to get a shot off. But it's insane. Lot, that's what I feel like. It's insane. It's insane. The way you're talking about the the way that uh, it's so. Insane to me how like the lack of creativity that he brings. Like, don't get me wrong, like him getting to the byline and fizzing it across the like, you know, across the goal. Like that's that's not creativity to me. That's like like I get it, like sometimes it works. Like I think he's a very um and I've always described Mason that as this, but like a very gung-ho you know, slap and wallop type player. You know what I mean? There's no real consideration in his play. The only consideration he has is to receive it back to try and shoot. And, but in terms of care, in terms of creation, it's just not there, man. It's just, it's just not there. And I think if he did have that care, consideration in his game to try and feed others, as well, I, I think if he had the care and consideration to feed others, I don't think there'd be an issue at all with him trying to do hero shots here and there. But he doesn't have that consideration at all. It's a lack thereof, you know what I mean? It's, it's a big problem. So I do, honestly, I've been waiting for quite some time like for us to play consistent games without Mason Mount in the team. And like we got to see it a few times last season. We've got to see it a few times this season. I've always felt that like we've been more like, better for it um, in the attack. So let's see how it goes, man. I, I just want this story to end because... Like I said, even with Jorginho, like, I've, I've wanted him to stay, but ultimately I'm okay if he's got, that he's gone because, again, it's just another one with a fan base, another type of player that divides the fan base. And I just want these sort of things to be gone. I don't think we'll ever have a really unified fan base because I think we're quite toxic, but I can only hope. I, I feel like he's he's just one of the players that benefits sort of from being better than a lot of like bad players. Like If Pulisic wasn't such a flop, Mount would not be so successful. If Werner was mm. not such a flop, Mount would not be so successful. It's just the fact that he's he's better than a lot of these really, really bad players. I don't so think he's better than him. He, I don't think he's he, better. And, and that's the thing, right? Like, he, he, he's just trusted more than... Uh, maybe, exactly. No, I, think I'm he's be better. I think he's better. I'm a, no, no, I don't think he's better. I don't think he's better. I, I think and he's I'll tell better. you why. Like, okay, everyone refers to Mason Mount's goals and assists last season. But I swear Team of Werner had more last season. Like we talk, we talk about like, and this is despite the fact Turner's got Werner's got extreme 
extreme technical deficiencies. Extreme technical deficiencies. But Werner at least is a team player. Werner at least. I don't I don't rate him at all. I, I don't rate him at all. But Werner's at least a team player. You know what I mean? And even when he described the way he left the club, you know what I mean? He was very honest and candid about the reasons why he left. Very honest and candid about his performances. I just think generally, like, even like even last season, Werner barely played. Pulisic, again, another player who, for me, personally, isn't a far worse player than Mason Mount. I just think that they've just had differences in their platforms. And the same can be said about Hakim Ziyech. Even Kai Havertz. These players have not had the same level of game time and platform that Pulisic has. Pulisic came to Chelsea the same time Mason Mount was promoted to the first team. If you were to look at their minutes played, the disparity is incredible. So I don't even like Pulisic being mentioned in the discussion with about being bad players like with Mason because at least with Mason now you've seen it you've seen the whole body of work for four and a half, four years now but for Pulisic you haven't you haven't you don't I've really seen know enough, what Pulisic man, no no but here's the thing but here's the thing free you don't even know what Pulisic is like I've seen Pulisic have fantastic like a fantastic spell yes it was in lockdown yeah. You, there's people that hold on to that that he that is Pulisic, right? But then there's also the other side of Pulisic that we've seen where he's not had regular game time, we've had the inconsistencies, he's had the injuries, but we've seen bad performances. So you get what I'm trying to say? Like you, yeah. you, it's very difficult to make that yeah. distinction. No, but, it, but yeah, he's not had true, that run. True. You get what I'm saying? You don't know what Pulisic I guess, actually is. Yeah. Pulisic can leave today go to Liverpool, go to Arsenal, whatever, get the consistent run of games that he's probably requiring and he could explode and be back to lockdown Pulisic, for example. But we don't know. You don't know. Same with Ziyech. You don't know. It's difficult to gauge these players accordingly because they haven't had the same run that Mason Man has had. If they had two, three seasons of consistent play, then you could judge them. And they're, they're mid. Then you could judge them. But they haven't. None of them have. You know what I mean? ZH, I believe you. ZH, I believe you because, you know, occasionally you can kind of see flashes of brilliance. But but with Pulisic, man, I, I can only see consistent periods of absolute nonsense. So that's why I feel like Mason Mount is better because I know that his the, the worst he can ever be, Mason Mount, is levels, levels, levels above the average Pulisic performance. The worst amount of performances, levels above the average. No, no, no. Look, free. I'm not even the biggest. I'm not by far and away. I'm not his biggest fan. I was. I was even critical of the signing in the first place. But I cannot say with absolute conviction and be honest and say that Mason Mount is clear of Pulisic just in terms of their footballing ability and capacity. I just can't because the best version of Pulisic that I've seen. It's clear of what I've seen of Mason Mount. The best version of Mount. Clear. Like, night and day. Like, that Pulisic spell, even on lockdown, and playing empty stadiums, that spell, Mason Mount has not gone anywhere near that level. Not a single bit near that level. You know what I mean? So, if I'm being objective... I hear you, man. I hear you. If I'm being, if I'm being objective, I can't say with definity that he's clear of Pulisic, clear of Ziyech, Clear of Havertz, clear of Ed Werner. I can't. I just can't because they're not. I like your argument, race. man. I do. I do you like your mean? argument. So I'm. I'm going to say I'm convinced. Yeah, I agree. He's not clear. <laughs> of I agree. Fair, fair enough. But, but yeah. So so moving on from him, you know, obviously, as you guys can tell, listeners, a very polarizing character. Uh, we talk about three players who 
were looking like they were going to get their loans out from the club um, in particular, well, specifically anyway, Amari Hutchison and ZH, whose loans were unfortunately, um, they didn't go through in the end. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the music. I know you, you had quite strong feelings about, you know, the potential dressing room unrest in, in, in that regard. And I did, I did see um, did in, in today's um, press conference, Potter was quite positive. You know, he said ZH was happy, he was smiling. He's still positive within the group, you know, and he, and he understands the situation and the fact that he's still that you'll still be involved. So, what what are your thoughts on on, on those loans falling through? Um, I feel for ZH because I, I think at at PSG at least he'd get a lot of games. Um, I think he obviously playing with Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, um, so maybe he might not get the games that you'd assume. But I think he's a good player. I do think he's a good player. I think he's super frustrating, super annoying. So I wouldn't have been sad to see the back of him, but I think he's got so much quality. Um, but I, I feel for him because I, I, I'm almost certain he wanted to leave um, and just get just get some, away from Chelsea. You know what I mean? I think he's another player that gets the booze and the jeers when things go wrong. Um, but he's capable of so much good. And I think under par, I think he's been pretty good for us, to be honest. can't lie. Um when you've been given the opportunity, he's looked pretty good. I think the last few games, he looked really, really good. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, so I feel for him. I do feel for him. Um, in terms of Hutchinson, I think Hutchinson desperately needed a loan. Um, because, again, with all these players coming in, it's just very difficult for him to really see any more minutes. I don't think he's... I think he deserved a little run in the side prior to the transfer window. Um, I don't think he really got it. I don't think he's really started a, a game yet. But... You know, I, I just feel like he needs um, he needs a loan, get get a run of games, and yeah, kind of get his confidence back um, because I think it's it's been dampened a little bit. Um, Chelsea fans can be quite toxic again, um, and he was getting he was getting pelters from the Chelsea fans um, online. So it's just yeah, it's not it's not good, but yeah, we'll see. I I've still got quite a bit of hopes for him. He looks a good player. Yeah, I think um, I feel I feel the same. I was surprised to be honest about Ziyech because um, I don't, I just don't, I don't see why PSG would look at Ziyech's time at Chelsea and be like, yeah, that's what we need. I'm, I'm confused, man. Like, I feel like I don't really see how it fits into the team. But obviously, if they saw it, they were like, yeah, actually, we could do with some Ziyech. Why not, man? I feel like it would obviously for Ziyech would have been an amazing, long, an amazing experience playing with literally the greats. I don't like. Yeah, I don't know, man. I can. I imagine that he would have seen like himself playing with you know some like pick the pace of Mbappe and throwing that ball over the top, Mbappe running onto it and you know getting himself a bag of assists would have been good for him. Would have put him in the shop window. Could have even raised his price a little bit for when he gets sold. Uh, so it's a bit sad, but yeah, he's been good, man. He's been good in the last couple of games. I don't think that's gonna change his outlook and and on being at Chelsea. I don't think that's gonna change. Uh, the the possibility of him leaving in, in summer, and I feel like the only thing that we've done by not loaning him out is maybe uh, lower his transfer fee. But uh, that's the thing is that would he have played that much at PSG? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't, it's, it's uncertain. It's a bit. It does feel a little bit amateur hour when deals are on the line, and you know they they don't, they don't go over the line. But then it's like PSG couldn't didn't didn't need to wait till the last minute to try and get the deal done. You know, uh, if they were really interested in him, he's they could have got him at any time. They could have contacted 
they could have got a deal over the line way before the last minute. And you know, if, if that's the, if you leave it to the last minute, you run the risk of things not happening. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely it definitely seemed a bit amateurish, like with all the stories coming out. Um, but again, this is only their second window. Only their second window, so I'm, I'm a be patient and be a little bit more lenient towards them. Um, considering all the great that they've actually done, despite the amateurish type of situation with the contracts and things not quite working out um, after, uh, you know, in, towards the end of the, the window. But, um, yeah, I think they've done great things, man. So, it's, it's, yeah, for like, me, it's very difficult to get onto them. For Hutchinson, though, like, I feel like, I feel like I've been surprised about how much minutes he's actually gotten because I was not anticipating him playing for the first team at all, to be honest. And I don't think he would have under Tuchel, but Potter has really given him some some game time, not like tons of game time, not not enough to like change his life or anything like that, but just enough, just a taste of, of the first team football, just to in, introduce him to it. And I feel like he's definitely going to drop down to the under twenty ones for a long period for the rest of the season, probably. And that loan could have been good for him. Maybe they they maybe the trainer of the first team will will do something for him so he's ready for. Um, alone next season, maybe that's the plan. Maybe that's the new plan. Matches with the under twenty with the, with the reserve team, and then um, get ready for an, for a full season loan. Hopefully, that'll be that's in the cards for him. But another thing, another another player that we had on the books that we no longer have on the books is our young striker um, Sunsat Bell, who's moved to Tottenham, which I was very 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 surprised to to see. Yeah. Um, I I do enjoy our, our youth team, so I have seen a couple of his games. I know that he didn't have a, the best of seasons last season. The goals kind of dried up. The, the goals dried up. But um, he said that apparently, I saw. I don't know if this quote. I didn't verify this quote, so um, don't come if I'm wrong. But apparently, he moved because he felt that his progression to the first team, the window had had closed. Like his opportunity was was closing. But he moved to Tottenham, so I'm really confused as to. What he th- who he thinks the Tottenham manager is obviously maybe Tottenham said to him, listen, Conte is definitely leaving because that's the only way that I can imagine him going there, thinking that he has a chance of first team football. But yeah, that, I that don't understand how they have got probably the best striker in 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 the country up front for them. <laughs> and and even if and even if they don't, they've got like how many like they've got enough backups that Juju Sabo is not going to be on the list of. Uh, possible uh, substitutions for Harry Kane or for Son or. Because they, you know, what I'm saying, they spend, but is, uh, is, is Richarlison? Is Richarlison? Yeah, I mean, you never know. Harry, banging, came, Harry, came might leave, Harry Kane might leave in the summer. Yeah, it's, that's what we say. They're saying they're saying they're going to resign a new contract. That's what they say every summer. They say Harry Kane's going to leave, man. Every summer and every summer he's still there. So I don't think Juice Zabal can expect to get game time over. I don't know, man. I don't know what they told him. But uh, he, here's how I see it, though. Here's a, but here's how I see it. I, I see what you're saying. But here's the thing. Jude is seeing all of the transfer activity that's going on. He's seen Datro coming. He's seen talks of Vlahovic, who's only 22, coming in. Talks of potentially... Um, there's lots of players that we're linked with. And sure. he's only going to go down the pecking order. Whereas at Tottenham, it's only Kane and Richardson, really, that's the bout. Like, yeah, so I, I could see from his perspective that he's got a better shot, far better shot at Tottenham than he does at Chelsea. And, you know, it's easy for him, you know, North London, doesn't have to leave London in itself. Um, yeah. No real pressure to translate, you know, so it's just, 
it's a better environment in my opinion a far better environment and obviously the capacity for him to to get first team football is far more likely there than here but I feel like it's I feel like it's equally unlikely both options both of the both of the teams are going to say okay you need a loan and I feel like once you get the Chelsea loan it slaps a little bit different from the Tottenham loan like the, the Chelsea obviously he's, he can still call himself an academy boy and all of that he can so he's still got the tag but I don't know man I feel like the Chelsea the Chelsea loans are a little bit better and especially when you think about what the club's planning like if the club's are really serious about the multi-club model and developing talent abroad and all of that if even if he's even if he's thinking okay it might take a year right you could get potentially a really really good loan in a year for a club that's guaranteed to pay if the club rate you if your talent level is there and at Tottenham you're guaranteed to just be getting a, a championship loan like you're not going to get I don't I mean I don't know but I don't think he could expect to get a better, a better loan than the championship loan I feel like he should have I mean, he should have factored I, it in I, I, would, I, I don't disagree but the Chelsea juice carries quite strong and everyone would know that he's just come from Chelsea so that juice is still going to be there the Chelsea juice will still be there in True. terms of like a, a, in terms of like a prospect, I think he's a very good prospect. He's had a tough time in the last eighteen months as a result of you know returning from injury. But again, I I definitely think it's not far fetched for him to really be getting some game time. Like, I don't think he's going to be playing consistently. Con- I don't think he's going to be starting anytime soon. But no, yeah. well, Conte gave Callum Hudson Odoi his debut at sixteen. Like, if the if the player is talented enough. Yeah, I, I do think I don't think Conte is very good with youth, but Conte still might give him a run out here and there. You know what I'm trying to say? I I don't think that run out would have been coming at Chelsea for at least two, three seasons. At least yeah. think about yeah. it. We've got Datro, we've got Kai, we've got we've got Abamian, Datro, Broya. Um yeah, so that that's what Obamian, Havertz, Datro, uh, um yeah, bro, there's bear man. There's bear man. Aubameyang, Havertz, Datro, Broya. Bro, I, I don't see um, Jude getting any any time. Suter Bells not wouldn't get any time. And those nah, are nah, nah. But the loan, but that's the thing. The loan, the loan that he could have got could have been to a club like, like obviously we haven't. There's no. We haven't got any news on a multi-club model. But if that does go over the line. He could have been given like guaranteed game time on a loan. And that's not something that you can get at Tottenham. Yeah, but again, the loan, if the loan route is going to happen at Spurs, then it, it doesn't, I don't think for me it makes a difference. I don't, I can't see, I don't recall any loans that Spurs players have had, young Spurs players have had that have been really, really successful. Maybe Southampton with um, Walker Peters and they bought him. But, I, I just feel like I don't think it's that much of a difference. I, I could definitely see the sense in the move for him. Um, initially, I was thinking no, that don't really make sense for him, but I, I could kind of see it now, and and I don't think it's too much of an issue if I'm honest. Um, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But now moving on to the the big transfer, you know, Enzo Fernandez to, to talk about it a, a bit much, a bit more. Obviously, you know, the beginning of the window. Fabrizio and Orsini, they gave us the update that we were interested in him. You know, we went in with the initial bids. There were a lot of conflicting reports about, you know, Chelsea offering and then bidding something different. You know, a lot of like, uh, there, was, there, was just, there was just so much. So 
with, with all that news in terms of how it first actually came out three minutes. So did you did you initially think we were gonna get him? No, no, no. As soon as they as soon as they came up with the news that yeah, we we're gonna pay the transfer fee and then Rui Cross was like, nah, it's the hundred and twenty or or nothing. I was like, okay, well then that's not, especially early in the transfer window, I was like, Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Just because the way the way them them, them lying journalists was reporting it just it wasn't convincing me. I, I will I will I will not lie on that last day. One of them lying journalists did catch me off guard, man, and said, um, "Oh yeah, the deal the deals have been agreed." And when I saw the word "agreed," right, I don't know what happened. This this the sense just left my body, and I was like, "Agreed." Oh, that means it's done. And and it was Graham. I don't know. I got to comment, but some lying Graham said that it was agreed. And I was like, okay, this was this was like not the last day, but the day before, maybe two days before. And that's when I started to believe. That's when the hope started to build in me. But but up until that point, I had zero belief, zero expectation, and zero and uh, hope that it would it would get over the line. Just because I know I know how these transfer windows can be, especially in January. January's a cruel a cruel mistress, man. So I wasn't. I was trying to keep my expectations as low as possible. But this one's been good, man. This one's been very, very good. The, the best of all time, I'd, I'd imagine. <laughs> How about yourself, Meads? Um, I I wasn't really invested. Now, I mean, I think with the Enzo deal, I wasn't really invested. I didn't really have too much. Yeah, I can't say I had. I was keeping an eye on it, like. Everyone else was talking about it, so I was like, oh, okay, but I wasn't really invested in what we got him up, didn't really care. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely didn't really care. Um, no, no, I didn't, I honestly, I didn't care, I did not care, I didn't care to think, oh, yeah, we absolutely need this guy. I, I, mean, I don't think I've seen him in Fielder for quite some time. I felt that we absolutely need to get like it, it's been years, it's been like since Angolo. I've not seen a single before that I think, yeah, you absolutely need you. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I, mm. there's not one. There's not one. That's just fair me. Enough. You know yeah, I mean? fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But 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 yeah, for, from from me, a, a quick a quick sky report on him. I just think in terms of what, what we need as a squad, I think he can offer quite a bit. I think in terms of like his best use case, I think at the left centre mid, I think that would be the, probably the best position for him. You know, for Benfica, he's been um, part of a, of a of a twin, you know, with um, Florentino Luis, and I think they have been a really good partnership. I mean, in terms of his strengths, I think he's a really intelligent player. You know, I've we've seen it already. You know, for, in terms of his flexible usage for River Plate and Benfica, you know, he played both in a box to box role. He's played in a deep line playmaker role for for Benfica. You know, he's played as a ten as well for River Plate, and not just that, but you can see the way the skills you know translate between different positions. Whether it be in the third phase, you know, the first phase of play, you know, he's extremely pressure resistant. He's able to pass out, you know, of, of danger. He's able to help teams build up attacks. And I think, in terms of like how the flexibility has helped him, is you can actually see his potential in terms of like goal scoring. Like for, for Benfica, for um, River Plate, sorry, in the Copa de la Liga, in 14 games, he got six goals and five assists. And that just showed you his goal scoring potential and his potential to also create for others. You know, he was, he was the second top goal scorer after Alvarez for River Plate in that competition. So I think there's definitely a lot of potential there in terms of like his goal scoring ability. You also saw his ball striking ability at the World Cup. You know, he scored an amazing goal against Mexico. He hit the post, um, I believe, against the Netherlands before they went um, to penalties. And and not just that, but in, in the Champions League as well, you, you've seen quite a bit from him in terms of like his ball striking ability. I think passing, I think that's, a, that's obviously one of his biggest strengths you know, in terms of his long passing. You look at him compared to like any other Chelsea player, 
I believe like on per, per night he, he averages quadruple the, the um, long passes of any other player that we have in our, in our squad. And you look at friends like a, a Kovacic, you know, he completes about fifty-seven percent of his of his long passes, whereas um, Enzo is seventy-seven percent. So I think in terms of like actually freeing up the wingers, like a Mudrik, who we already know he likes to make those runs, those out-to-in runs in behind the fences. I think that's going to be an amazing weapon for him and Madueke. And I think in terms of a player like Kai, you know, who who's obviously making a lot of runs. You're also going to get um, him in finding because you, you have to look back to the World Cup as well. You know, his assist for Alvarez versus Croatia, you know, one touch over the top straight to him. And he, and that was it. You know, you, you got his going in, in the end. Not just that, I think in terms of his passing ability, his switching ability. Like we, we saw that in the World Cup. We've seen it for Benfica in the Champions League, especially against PSG. He's always able to find his fullbacks, you know, on the opposite side. And I think with someone like Reese James, who makes those kind of runs, you know, to stretch play, that's going to be another massive, you know, um, benefit you know he's quite ingenuitive as well you know he, he likes to you know play one two passes with like his attackers he's not greedy in that aspect he's always looking for the extra pass you know you look at him statistically um i believe he's in the 94th percent now in the, in the in um the league in the champions league for, for um, goal creating action so i think you'll definitely benefit us in terms of like our, our creativity and where we've lost Jorginho, you know who offers us a lot of volume passing he has that in his locker as well you know he has that in his locker as well and i, and I feel like he's going to help us some control games whereby ha- having Jorginho loss, we may potentially have um actually seen that a bit be a lack of detriment. Um, I also think his mentality is amazing. You know, he saw it in the World Cup. He was probably Messi's most most, most trustworthy um teammate. You know, he was the guy that that was looking to um, to, to create from the, from the, from deep. You know, he was the, he was actually helping build up play. And um, if he watched them, um, for instance, the Saudi game when he wasn't playing, you know, Messi was having to drop so deep into the midfield to just get things cracking. Whereas when he actually came into the midfield and he played in the in the DLP role, you know, which in my opinion is not his best role, you can see that he was actually able to progress play and he was able to find Messi in more promising positions, he was able to get um, the ball into Alvarez and, and um McAllister as well. So I think in terms of like his mentality, I think I think it's second to none. And I and I really think it's gonna be very, 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 very beneficial. You know, he was the heart of him, the River Plate midfield. The manager loved him there, you know, he was really, really popular amongst the fans. And I think at Chelsea. You know, in terms of having an like, inventive passer, I think that's something we've lacked, you know, since a Sesk. And I really do believe that with Enzo there, you can definitely, definitely, definitely get that there. Um, also, I think in another one of one of my favorite things about him is just how combative he is. So, you know, during the World Cup, he was in the 99th percentile for dribblers, dribblers tackled. You know, I think he was averaging t- um, two tackles per game, per 90, sorry, of, 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 in terms of against dribblers. And so he was right up there in terms of the best of them, in terms of break, breaking down play against dribblers. But in terms of that, I also think that may be your weakness because with him, um, and it's what I've seen particularly anyway, even though he's quite combative, he can be quite ill-disciplined and he may give away quite a, a few cheap fouls you know, in, in the game. And it's definitely something that I've noticed anyway so far from, from playing with Benfica and um, in the Champions League in the league. And I think when you have someone like um, a Florentino, um, Florentino Luiz or potentially even an Andres Santos next to him, I think that'd be very beneficial because in terms of... Um, Enzo's defensive nature. He's he's very reactive rather than proactive. So with Georgina, for instance, you know, he'll get into a position to read the play, you know, intercept it, make a really smart tackle. Whereas with Enzo, he's not exactly as developed yet in that regard. And you're gonna see him, you know, making making a lot of fouls. You know, you're gonna see him getting into a lot of duels. And it may be a positive, you know, but I definitely think that's definitely gonna be something that we're gonna actually need to see him develop. Also, aerially, there's a bit 50-50 with him. You know, for, for River Plate and especially in the Argentine League, is not is nowhere near as physical in terms of like having aerial threats. So 
he performed a lot better there early, whereas for Benfica, you can definitely see the drop-off coming into Europe. And with us and, and how we've actually struggled, you know, early in terms of set pieces, that may be something to worry about. But then again, you know, obviously we've had Badia Shile come in and he's been a really good positive in terms of actually helping us clear out um, defensive um, aerial duels coming in. As well as that, um, I think in terms of his, his positional sense, I think we're going to lose a lot with Jorginho in terms of like how he um, reads play plays. And I think in terms of like who he's most likely to replace, is I don't think it's Jorginho, which I know a lot of fans believe personally. I think it's more likely to see him replace like a Kovacic, for instance, in terms of like his passing ability and helping us there in terms of build-up. So, yeah, that's that's my quick um, breakdown of Enzo. And I'm looking forward to seeing him playing the Chelsea shirt. And I really think he's going to be an amazing player for us. I think in terms of like how, for instance, like for Arsenal, you know, when Odegaard came in, they, they called him his te- their technical leader. You know, I think like with Enzo, I think we're definitely going to get that, you know, in, in a blue shirt. What's his weaker foot like, man? I've, I've been watching some of his highlight reels, and I haven't seen much of his weaker. Yeah, foot. Yeah, that, that's that's another that's another problem. You know, he's quite right foot heavy dependent, but I don't see why he can't develop because even for instance, the assist for Alvarez, if I remember correctly, that was of his left foot. You know, so he's quite um he's quite strong. He's, he's quite heavily dependent on his right foot. You know, and you will see him do like a lot of Trevella passes to avoid using his left foot. So. I guess that may be another potential weakness, you know, with, with Enzo's game going forward that could hopefully be coached out of him. Cool. But do you, do you think that, like, Santos might be moving straight into the first team? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be against it. Personally, I think there'll be a really good two together. Um, I think with Santos, he's very proactive. You know, he reads danger very well. You know, he's really, really intelligent. He's good in, in my opinion, I think he's very strong in all phases. You know, you, you see him coming up to, to build up play from the goalkeeper, you know. So I think he would also be a very good um, DM to have next to him. And not just that, but he's he's dual success. He's really good in duels. You know, he's win, good at winning tackles. He reads the game really well and he, and he sets the ball quite well. So in terms of profiles, I think that would be a really good um, profile in terms of having as a two, personally. I, I'm, I, th- I think we need to move move past this idea of having one defender, one mm. one person. No, no, I def- definitely agree, definitely agree. But I'm, I'm just talking in terms of, like, players that will, like, benefit each other profile-wise. So, like, in terms of, like, yeah. where where where, they, where you'll have a weakness with Enzo, I feel like Andre, a lot of his strengths lay within those, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm looking forward to having, just having a more mobile and a more fluid uh, midfield where everyone can kind of rotate with everyone. And I feel like one person that will benefit from that is Kante, man. Kante can really... Kind of do it all. He wins the wall back high. He can drop back and cover. He can, yeah. So I feel like in one of the in the situation where we play with a two or a three in midfield, because those are our, those are all our possibilities. Because I don't know, man. Just from what I'm hearing about all the centre backs and all the centre backs we bought, I feel like we're going to go back to a three at the back. And I feel like either a three or a two in midfield is inevitable. And mm. Kante, Kante is one of those players who will burn who just. You can kind of put him anywhere in any situation, and he'll be and he'll fly. So I'm hoping that Enzo, between Enzo, Kovacic, Kante, and maybe you know one of the maybe maybe Andre, but maybe also one of the um, less uh, shiny new toys like Gallagher <sighs> Mount could benefit <laughs> from um, yeah, just from just from the 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 opportunity to to switch. But the problem the problem that I have right is that a lot of these people that I've mentioned, and I'm not going to point fingers because that would not be nice, but a lot of them 
don't like to rotate their responsibilities. When there's like no one with set responsibilities to defend, a lot of them hear that and say, okay, well, that means it's not my responsibility to defend. Someone else will do it. And you'll find that they're always high up the pitch trying to score wonder goals and they're never getting back to defend. So I do want to have the opportunity to have two midfielders that can both go forward and both get back, like a Kovacic and Enzo together. But I do want them to be able to have the discipline to actually take turns in going forward and, and one of them to stay back if necessary. Or mm. or at least a coach that can coach us to be like, okay, if both of you go forward, this is what needs to happen from the, the full-backs or the wing-backs, whatever it is. Mm, for sure. For sure. No that more excuses from part, man. That's, that's one thing that I don't need to hear. I don't want to hear no more excuses. <laughs> I don't care if, it needs, if, it, if they, the team got all thrown together like the Avengers. I do not care. They need to start working from game one. I don't want to hear no more. Oh, yeah, but no, time's done, yeah? No more wasting time. No more excuses. I don't care if they, they don't speak the same language. You need to make them to play the same language on the, on the football pitch because time is ticking. I think that's a perfect way to end the pod. Um, Meads, thanks for joining. All good, bro. Take it easy. Freemium, always good having you on. Always a pleasure, man. Congratulations on getting your, your Christmas list. <laughs> <laughs> and peace. He's done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. European champions. They've beaten Bayern in their own backyard. They've found the Holy Grail. After adventure, fraught with danger. And Drogba may never play for Chelsea again. Sports Social Podcast Network.